the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review with Hugh Hewitt podcast, bringing to you the best voices on the stories and issues that matter. Helping make it all possible is the generous partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. Here's a piece yours truly hosted that I trust you will enjoy. Israelis had 700 missiles fall on their country, launched from Gaza. The IDF, Israeli Defense Forces, launched 350 attacks in return. An uneasy truce has now settled. I'm joined from Israel by Dr. Michael Oren, formerly the Deputy Minister for Diplomacy in the last government. He retired from the Knesset. He is uh, also formerly Ambassador of Israel to the United States, an ally and friend of Benjamin Netanyahu, and I wouldn't be surprised to see him back in some role soon. But right now he's a civilian. How did you spend your weekend, Michael Oren, and how are your grandchildren, who last time this happened spent the weekend in a bomb shelter? Uh, uneasily, you know, uneasily. We kept on thinking that they, the missiles would start hitting our part of the country. We're a little bit north from where they hit. But, you know, well over a million Israelis were in bomb shelters over the weekend. Uh, again, as you said, we were pulverized by some uh, 700 rockets, uh, the vast majority of them taken down uh, by the Iron Dome system, uh, which is a joint U.S.-Israel system. Uh, but four Israelis were killed, and dozens were wounded, either physically or emotionally. We forget about the emotional impact of this. People still suffer from uh, stress and trauma. And, and yes, a, a, a yet another ceasefire is in effect today. Uh, Israeli children went back to school this morning. They've been out of school for days and spent those days in the bomb shelters. But today the prime minister is being attacked, not by Hamas, but by some people in his own government, uh, by even the opposition, the so-called centrist and leftist opposition, are saying that he should be uh, using more more power, even going to war against Hamas. So very difficult position for the prime minister. There is a a story in the Jerusalem Post that it's a foregone collusion that... uh uh, former Defense Minister Lieberman will be back at the Defense Ministry and that uh, the Prime Minister has no option to his left. He only has to deal with people to his right. Do you think that's true, Michael Oren, before we come back to what to do about Gaza? The coalition negotiations are just getting started. Do, do you really think blue and white would never enter a coalition? Well, first of all, I don't think there's any there's no such thing as a, a not a foregone conclusion or any foregone conclusion about Israeli coalition talks. Uh, it's like Hollywood. Nobody knows nothing. <laughs> and anything could happen. I personally believe that uh, Benny Gantz will eventually sit in the Israeli government and will take apart his blue and white coalition. It itself is a coalition of three parties, some of which cannot sit with Netanyahu for all sorts of reasons, personal and political, um, but that, uh, that Benny Gantz can join that government. And I think to be the catalyst for that movement will be uh, the Trump peace plan, which has already been rejected by parts of Netanyahu's party, but certainly by some of the more right-wing parties in his coalition. And when they leave that coalition, uh, Benny Gantz and his people could easily step in. Are are the um, Hamas terrorists attempting to preempt the release of that peace plan by triggering a war? Now, this war was triggered by something much more prosaic and pedestrian, Hugh. This was about money. Uh, This week is our our National Memorial Day. We take it very, very seriously. Israel goes into a a paroxysm of of, uh, 
of mourning for 24 hours, then followed immediately by our Independence Day, a day of great joy, and then the week after by the Eurovision Song Contest, which uh, we won last year and we're hosting this year. And Hamas knows that if they start rockets at us this week, we are vulnerable, not physically vulnerable, not militarily vulnerable, but in terms of our economy, in terms of our, our national morale, very vulnerable, and they're trying to extort money. All right, now you got to pause here. I understand because I actually chose to sit out the Eurovision Song Competition this year. It's not fair to go in every year and dominate. But but why, why does Israel stop for the Euro? I saw that one of the religious parties got upset that the Eurovision Song Contest was underway. It's because it's it's going to be on Shabbat on the Sabbath, and, and maybe some people may be scantily clad. How should I put this? <laughs> it's not exactly to the taste of some of the more uh, Orthodox rabbis. But uh, keep in mind, the Israeli people are fed up, you. And if you have to go to the break, I'll, I'll stop here. But I want to tell you what's going to happen. No, please. Go. we got time. Okay, so it's this. We, we, we're fed up across the board. We are ready for our army to go in there and kick out Hamas once and for all. There's, there's no making a deal with Hamas. And they will, they will basically keep a gun to our collective head forever. And every time something comes up like this, a national holiday, at international events, they will start shooting us. That's an untenable situation for any country, certainly for this country. We are ready to do what it takes and make the sacrifices, and they will be legion uh, to oust Hamas from the Gaza Strip. We need to reach an agreement with the Trump administration, which has come out 100 percent four square behind us uh, to support us militarily, diplomatically, because you know, the U.N. is going to condemn us no matter what we do, and most importantly, to reach an agreement with the Trump administration, and Sunni Arab states about rebuilding Gaza without Hamas the day after. That is the most important thing we do, and Israel's ready to do it. Now, I, I have asked people for years, Dr. Oren, why is Gaza uh, not occupied? I remember when uh, Prime Minister Sharon withdrew, destroyed the settlements that were in the perimeter, that were the, the buffer, uh, but it didn't do any good. In fact, it got worse. So why is it not occupied? Is it just because the continuing toll is too high? Why, why don't we don't occupy it? Because right. the next day we'd be sitting there holding the keys to Gaza. And, and what are we going to do with it? And, and terror would start the next day and the whole cycle would begin again. Um, people forget that one of the reasons we got out of Gaza in 2005 and a very controversial decision, and I participated in that, in that operation as a as an IDF officer, and I'll tell you, it's the most traumatic thing I ever experienced. It was horrible, dragging Jews out of their home. But the reason we did it was that most of Israeli society had determined that the cost of staying in Gaza was too high. So we find ourselves back in the same position with probably even less uh, international legitimacy. So the ideal solution, then, is to find it, to internationalize the Gaza issue, not make it Israel's responsibility, bring in the United States, the concerned Sunni Arab states, and let's build a, a new Gaza, which could be a Riviera. It has all the natural resources, beautiful coastline, and, uh, and a productive soil if, 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 if tended uh, properly. Certainly the Israeli settlers, when they're there, uh, provided all the organic vegetables for the, for the state of Israel. So you can grow great vegetables and fruits there. Um, and, and that can be done because, frankly, I don't see any alternative. The current so situation is completely insufferable. Well, that, that is then the, the, the option. You don't occupy Gaza, but you go back in and reestablish the perimeter. And that is what 
saves people from rocket fire. However, the longer term, they're going to get better weapons, aren't they? There was a cyber attack that was preempted. I saw the IDF kind of sneered at it, but uh, they did so. They nevertheless recognized that uh, technology is among the Hamas terrorists to try and bring down Israeli infrastructure. That can't be allowed to go on. They can't. They're also developing drone capabilities, which are very dangerous to us. And they've learned that if they fire enough rockets in, in, in barrages, intense barrages, that they can potentially overwhelm the Iron Dome system. Um, we saw, we were, we were treated to it, it just a, a remarkable spectacle that was caught live on TV of Iron Dome taking down six rockets fired in a single barrage, one after another, bang, bang, bang. Amazing. But some do get through. Iron Dome is 92% effective, which is an amazing accomplishment. But that means eight out of 100 rockets get through. And, you know, firing 700 rockets, you can do the math. Yep. So yeah, for the benefit of the Steelers fans, that's 56. And that's not that's a lot of rockets. I, I was just reading about Pancho Villa's attack on the United States in the uh, prior to World War One, when we sent General Pershing after him. No other country in the world would endure this. No other country in the world would endure this. And, you know, I was on the BBC this morning and while I was on BBC, they brought on a spokesman from Hamas, a guy named Jamal something. And I thought, and I said to the, the, the BBC, I said, what would, what would your listeners think if you brought on a spokesman for ISIS? If you brought on a spokesman for Al-Qaeda? There's just a different, you know, Hamas is a, is a jihadist, medieval, cruel, brutal terrorist organization, recognized as such even by the Europeans. Why is there a different, why is there a different uh, standard for terrorists who kill Israelis? Well, this is, the, is just it, it's, in, it's inexplicable, but it does require continual hammering on the nature of the regime there. Does the Palestinian Authority have any ability to return to Gaza in any force in a way to secure it, at least so that the Palestinian Authority can speak for uh, the people of Gaza when it speaks? Well, first of all, you know, the Palestinian Authority doesn't even control its own territory True. in Samaria and the West Bank. If there was an election tomorrow, Hamas would win. And that's why Mahmoud Abbas, the president there, has, hasn't stood for re-election in 14 years. Um, so he doesn't control his own territory, much less the territory of Gaza. And frankly, Hamas remains very popular in Gaza. It's not as if it's imposing its rules over a, over a reluctant or a calcitrant population. It's not. And the world gives the Palestinians a free pass. They distinguish between the, the regime that the Palestinians uh, support and the Palestinians themselves. The world holds me responsible for the Netanyahu government as a citizen of Israel, but there's a different standard for Palestinians. They get a free pass. So there's no way that Mahmoud Abbas and the PA could go back into Gaza unless on literally the bayonets uh, of the Israeli defense forces. And then the question arises, do we want him there? Again, he's corrupt. He's unelected. He uh, educates his children to kill us and delegitimizes us in every international forum. Do we really want him in the Gaza Strip as well? Now, Dr. Warren, one last question. There is a lot of criticism in America of Netanyahu. I wonder how Israelis feel about that, even when they are not in the Netanyahu coalition. Uh, it would be like having they're trying to break uh, Israel into two pieces abroad. Does that work? I mean, do the Israelis not resent that? It, it goes to this. You know, Israel, this may surprise you, is, is one of the five or six countries that has never known a second of democratic governance. You know, in the United States, Canada, New Zealand, you can count them pretty much on one, one hand. Uh, we're the only country on that list that's never known a moment of peace. Israel's democracy is one of our greatest achievements, maybe 
are most impressive. And by disrespecting the prime minister that was chosen by popular and fair vote in this country all the time, shows just profound disrespect for Israel's greatest accomplishment, which is our, our democracy. And that's where it's offensive. Irrespective of how you feel about our prime minister, he was voted and, 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 and won again and again in an in internationally uh, renowned elections. And so basically people are, excuse the, you know, the, the colloquialism, people are dissing our democracy all the time. And I think, it, I think it's, it's reprehensible. Michael Oren, always a pleasure to talk to you. I hope that uh, as coalition talks emerge, I continue to embarrass you on air, that someone in the uh, Likud says they ought to bring Dr. Oren over here to make these speeches in the U.N. Nikki Haley is gone, and uh, and we've got a good, good representative going there, but no one there yet. We need to get more people in the fight on this side of the Atlantic. Thank you, Michael Oren. Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review. Our program is coming today in partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. It's America's most unique graduate leadership programs offered on Pepperdine's breathtaking campus in Malibu, California. Learn more at publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu. If you're enjoying the podcast, please tell a friend to go to Town Hall Review and sign up as well today. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.